Hi, I'm Vic Francis, pastor of Shaw Vineyard, and I'm pleased to share with you Transmission Stories, where I sit down with members of our congregation and chat about how they are in big ways and small, picking up where Paul left off in the book of Acts. It's all part of our Transmission series, where we're following the missionary journeys of Paul Sunday by Sunday and figuring out what that means for us in 2019 in our workplaces, homes, schools, and other areas of our lives. Today I'm chatting with Steve and Sharon Beam and Liz Cable, who have recently returned from mission trips to Myanmar and Guatemala. Liz is a grandma and a complete newbie to missions, while Steve has been involved in missions all his life, and Sharon is somewhere in between. Together they make a great conversation of following God's leading and seeing his engagement in their lives and in those they've been ministering. Here then are Steve, Sharon, and Liz. So Liz, I think maybe we'll start with you. We've we've sort of had a few jokes, uh, you and I, in, in the past, and even from church, talking about your grandma and your and you're off on your first missions trip. Tell yeah. us where you've been. What have you done? Okay, yes, I am in my sixties. You're in your sixties. Uh, I went to Myanmar for two weeks with, <clears throat> excuse me, Wycliffe Associates, because a friend of mine works in the Southeast Asian area of that. <clears throat> Mast means mobile assistance trans. Uh, my mobile assistance. Uh, serving translation. Okay. So it is using local people who are bilingual uh, to translate from the main gateway language of their country into their tribal language and, and um, in, a, in a system that works very well. Some were, so there were six tribal groups and one was an oral group, the rest were able to write their language down. And so while we're awash with um, uh, Bibles ourselves, still a clear need for, for Bibles oh, and tribal languages, oh, big languages, small languages. Yeah, the thing that Wycliffe says is that what language do you pray in? Right, if you, you'd like to have the scriptures in that language. Yeah, in your heart language they talk about and um, how the gospel and the scriptures are communicated so much more quickly if people can read it okay. for themselves in their heart language. Yeah, So they're hungry for it. And these people came from huge distances with, over difficult terrain, and they would spend, after worship time in the morning devotions time, it would be 9 o'clock to 9 o'clock at night translating. Wow. Didn't even take their weekends off. They were so determined and hungry. Well, that is an amazing adventure. Um, Steve, you've, um, you're a granddad, like gran uh, Liz is a grandma, um, but you're a veteran of missions, I think. You've told me before you've been to over 100 countries in your missions life, but you've just recently, a month or so ago, got back from... We, we were in Guatemala. Guatemala. In Central America, and we hosted a missionary retreat for about 40 missionaries that yep. came from all over the globe to participate in a, just a weekend of refreshment and education and fellowship. So when you say we, I know it was you and Sharon, we'll meet Sharon in a minute, but um, we is a, a foundation that you run, tell us Correct, that. it's called the Foundation for Missions, and so we have staff uh, that were also there from the United States, Canada, and from Europe, and they uh, are part of the family, the greater family, and what we do is we host this retreat in order to encourage uh, our missionaries around the globe and to strengthen them so they can uh, become more efficient and more effective. I think Guatemala is special to you, isn't it? You've cut your teeth in missions there. Right, right. Uh, my brother and I actually uh, got started in Guatemala after the earthquake in 1976 and that's where we started sending short-term mission teams to go and work with the refugees after the earthquake 
And uh, that's where we got the heart for missions, and that's where uh, uh, missions grew in our hearts and in our lives. And from there, then we began to do missions around the globe. And we experienced the uh, the uh, the basic uh, truth that missions is is best caught uh, more mm-hmm. than taught. It's something that when people see it, they experience it, then it gets in their heart, yes. and it becomes a passion for their lives, and it's. Uh, it becomes something from within them rather than something just within their head, some knowledge that they understand. Okay, so I'm going to bring Sharon in here. Um, uh, if it's Liz's first time in missions and Steve's umpteenth time, for you, you've uh, been involved in missions perhaps particularly over the last 10 or so years that you've been married to Steve. Uh, missions for you as a, a New Zealander from South Africa, uh, it's challenging, isn't it? How is it? It, it is. It has been really challenging. Mm. And um, I asked God about 12 years ago mm. to um, use me. Mm. I didn't expect it to get this big. Right. <laughs> and it is big. Could you imagine yourself w- winging off to Guatemala so to run a no, missions I, training for 40 missionaries? I never imagined this in my wildest dreams. And I'm not, you know, I didn't take myself to be that adventuring type person. Yes. But... Here we are 10 years down the road. I'm the, I was this little quiet mouse of a person and I've been made to stand up in front of, in front of people and speak and um, share my heart. And I've been there to you know, speak with the woman on the field and to hear yeah. these stories and to hear about their children and their families and their lives and, and to just mm. be there. So it's been huge, but I think God prepared me with all the moves I've had before that, yes. you prepared me to travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are a traveller. We're, we're talking um, in our series at the moment at Shaw Vineyard, we're calling it Transmission, and we've got this bold statement that goes with it that we're picking up our own story where Paul left off. Um, I don't know, if you read the book of Acts and you think about Guatemala, um, is there any 2,000-year connection there that you can think of? You know... I think no matter where you are, where you come from, where you're going to, people all smile and laugh in the same language. Right. They all hurt the same. Yeah. They all have the, the fears for their kids. Yeah. How am I going to feed them? How am I going to educate them? We're all in our hearts got yeah. the same fears, worries, anxieties. Yes. Yeah, so. It's incredible. So that, that transcends... T- 2,000 years, doesn't it? But also um, today, cultures and, yes, you know, absolutely. people love their kids, people, mm-hmm. you know, kind of bleed when they're cut and all, all of these sorts of things that happen yeah. along the way. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's mm-hmm. an incredible thing. I was just going to say that I think that um, community is so important that yes. um, people, where I was working, uh, there were there were Bible college graduates and there were illiterate people, and yet within that community... Uh, everyone found a place to right. offer something. So there's not sort of the haves and the have-nots at that point. Everyone's contributing a, um, you know, their strength, whatever that might be. Yes, there was one tribal group that had had to come through a military blockade. Wow. So they brought some of their, uh, I think, strongest young men, yeah. but they were not necessarily literate, and they they clearly couldn't read the Burmese Bible. Right. But they, some of them found an opportunity to type out uh, in the second week, what others had already translated, so they were literally just taking signs on one page and putting it into a computer. So we've got so, um, we've got illiterate people translating the Bible. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's that's that incredible, was isn't it? Serving in the yeah. way they could, yeah. Yeah, Liz, you told me um, you you had a, a somewhat a colourful description of being feeling like the fifth wheel from time to time. What did you contribute over there? 
Um, I kept asking myself that. Uh, I think that being present was such a strong thing for the people that were there, uh, that we'd come from such a distance that actually for them meant that what they were doing was significant. Mm. And one man <clears throat> who discovered that I had a son in the UK and a son in Toronto asked, was astounded that I should come to Myanmar mm. and make that a focal point and uh, give my time there and so on. So being present sometimes when I didn't feel I could do much, um, I went to the chapel and prayed. And yeah. It was just such a, a, a treat to pray for the country and pray for the work. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? Steve, um, just thinking about, you know, you're, a, you're in your 60s and you've been doing missions for a long time. Is, 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 is missions coming to the end of an era or are you, are you seeing it somehow coming alive? That's a good question. One of the delights of our recent visit to Guatemala was the fact that we, uh, uh, we saw so many uh, young people getting started in missions. And it was kind of like uh, getting to see the first part of the new wave of the next generation wow. coming forth to do missions in the world. And we held an orientation for six new families, and all of them were in their 20s and early 30s. Right. Uh, kids in my perspective, but yes. uh, it's good to see the kids rise up and to take the next... Uh, so almost like you were back level. in 81, was it what you said, when you yes. first started mm -hmm. your missions thing. So you're seeing... Seeing this happening again? Yes, and it's a delight to see it, uh, another wave of missions, another generation emerging to carry on uh, the task of carrying the gospel to the world. That's incredible, isn't it? So, you know, kind of what are you doing with some things on the ground that are sensing making a difference? Um, so when we, we go back to Guatemala, um, frequently actually, every year, every two, to year, every two years, um, we go back and we see the fruits of 10 years of working there. For example, um, you know, I've watched sponsored kids grow up. I've watched them come out of broken homes alongside the tracks, watch their houses get, new houses get built for them, um, watch them get sponsored through school and go on to university mm. and meeting these little girls and little boys, you know, come out with a university degree and you know, these are faces with names and they're, yes. real, they're real to me, um, you know, they're little personalities. I've watched them grow up. Because mission seems an overwhelming thing, you know, it's a, it's a big world, eight billion people or whatever, but you're, you're talking about one person here or maybe a whole lot of one right, people, persons. Right. But. It's you making a difference one step mm. at a time, one person at a time. You know, you look at the big picture and you go, wow, there is so much need out there and it, it comes strongly at you when you're there in and amongst it, but just be there for one at a time and mm. you do what God puts in front of you one step at a time. And of course you've been, uh, 10 years has been long enough to actually see tangible development and progress. Yes. watch those little kids grow up, watch families grow, watch um, people get transformed um, from being worked with, you know, by, by the missionaries there, they've worked together, they've come out of broken homes, um, where you know dad's come to know christ and he's stopped mm. drinking you know yeah. he's he's now supporting his family and he's mm. got a vision and a plan and mm. we watch it work through it's an know? incredible thing yeah. isn't it i wonder steve as you know in this conversation the person with the most experience and probably the most perspective and on missions um missions does seem like it's for the called somehow or the 
I don't know, the superstars or the ones who are, who are particularly committed. I suspect that's not the case, um, that we could all respond in some way. Do you agree or disagree? I think that uh, missions is for everyone. Okay. That everybody has a part to play in missions in some, some way. Mm. And, uh, and the best way to find out what your part or what anybody's part is to play in it is to just take a step. Okay. Go on a short-term mission trip. Uh, is that a good start? Is that, it's an you know, excellent start. Yeah. Most people who become missionaries go, on a, first, go okay. on a short-term mission trip. Most people who have the burden and passion for missions experience it some way. That, that's what I mentioned before about it's best caught, not taught. Yeah. It's something that you, you sense the Lord in this. And you sense the Lord in, in what you're doing and... And then you begin to take some faith steps in pursuing it, and God leads you into doing more and more. And I guess, Liz, that's something of what you've done, because you went to see or be with a friend maybe that you've prayed for. And, yeah, so, so was it caught as well as taught for you? And, and, and what was the story in doing this trip? Uh, yeah, it's definitely caught. Um, and it's made me search a little wider to see what other aspects of missions I could be involved in. Mm. And in looking at the Wycliffe Associates um, website, there are lots of things people can do at home to support um, missions work, things like um, app development. So uh, at home being here in New Zealand, yeah, here in New Zealand without Zealand. even doing a short-term That's right, trip linking, point, linking yeah. in with the organisation. Mm. Um, there's the Sun uh, Symbolic Universal Notation for the deaf and blind who need uh, some way of reading the Bible that's not Braille, which is language specific. And there's uh, biblical content writers and editors, people who break down biblical commentaries into simple English. And all this could be done um, like eight hours a week, ten hours a week. Yes, I guess any missions organisations has those opportunities, you know, just with a bit of a vision for the wider world. Uh, Could be a a life-changing thing. Yeah, at the Foundation for Missions, we've... um, got this thing called the ambassador program it sounds like a very grand mm. word but um basically it's people that have wanted to go but don't have the uh, means or don't have the time to go and be on the field long term so um they use these skills the gifts they have to to go on a short-term trip or to even work from the, from their homes in country um, and f- for example, one of our ambassadors actually got a gift of, of filming. Mm. So he takes trips to go and film what's going on so he can help them develop a little video mm. program and be able to promote what they're doing on the field. So, so do, do you have to have a sense of God's told me to do it or is it, is it more a, this is who I am so I want to make it part of my whole faith story? It might, might be a combination of things. I think people... You know, they have a, a feeling that they want to do something. So, what is it? What can mm. I do? And um, and I think that's where you start. It's what can I do? What are my gifts? And how can I use them? And there's so many practical ways to to use them. And, and we've said just just chat with us or chat with somebody yeah. who's on the field. And is it an either or thing? Like I'm, I feel called to my country, or I feel called over there, or is it a both and? I think it's a, it's both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're working in office, and there's so much need just in an office, just to listen to somebody and have a Skype conversation or a WhatsApp chat or somebody out there is just sometimes wanting to connect and listen and share their burden. And even that in itself is Mm. mission, you know? Do do you feel you're in any way 
different or, you know, is there something that lingers with you, Liz, um, having been to Myanmar? Oh, yes, it's the people, you know, yeah. when you... you you have the I have these faces of, of folk and the work they're doing in prison ministry and orphanages now and and <clears throat> you know I've made that connection and so uh, that's a thing that I can pray about be in contact with them encourage them and so on. Hmm. And and it stays with you. I think you came back or you were you went in February. So we're talking about two and a half months ago maybe. Still there with you. Oh yeah, it is. And also yeah. at the country when you've experienced a different culture, you. You, you, you embrace the sort of differences and, and that enriches you just as a person, just being mm. a... Yeah, mm. uh, with, uh, Myanmar, of course, has been the news a bit with this. Is it Rohingya? Rohingya? Yes. Were, you, were you aware of that? Was that sort of... Yeah, one of the things that is going on in uh, Myanmar at the moment that doesn't hit the news is the um, persecution of Christians in different provinces. That The Muslim persecution got yes, a lot we know of, about that because yeah. of the genocide or whatever yes. through to Bangladesh but it's happening among Christian it communities is, It is happening and um, it's not getting out into the news and uh, so that that's an area of real concern mm, Yeah absolutely, Guatemala we've talked about a little bit, Steve you've been going there for the best part of 40 years um, what's that country like? Uh, why, is it, why is it important to have missions in a country like that? Well, just like any country, uh, they need the gospel. Yeah. And it's a, uh, uh, a developing country, and it's a lot of poor people mm. and uh, a lot of suffering. And uh, so uh, uh, just like many countries like that, it needs the love and message of Christ. Mm. And uh, that's what we have the joy of sharing is the love and message of Christ. Mm. And uh, that's what it's all about, is, uh, is being God's spokesperson and hands mm. to reach out to those in need and, uh, and to help them. On a wee personal note, um, I think you had a special guest while you were, while you were there who came, to, <laughs> who came to join you. Tell us about that. Oh, uh, my lovely wife uh, arranged uh, uh, to bring uh, our daughter, Jane, uh, to uh, surprise me yeah. at uh, uh, at the retreat. Actually, uh, I didn't know it, but uh, they had arranged for me to be completely surprised. I had not, <clears throat> we had not seen uh, Jane for three years. She mm-hmm. and her husband are missionaries in Cusco, Peru. Peru. And, uh, and uh, she surprised me, and uh, all of a sudden I was, we were at a hotel, Restaurant, and I heard her voice in the background. I couldn't believe it. I turned wow. around, and there she was standing. That's amazing. And I said uh, to she and uh, my wife, I said, "You made your dad cry." Uh, isn't that fantastic? <laughs> how does how does it feel to be a dad whose daughter is is a missionary? I'm very proud of her. Yeah, <clears throat> very proud of uh, our children and that are involved in Christian ministry, and uh, <clears throat> and what a. Um, Whenever you have succession, yeah, it is for me. It's just like I mentioned before about the young people at the retreat and the young missionaries emerging. <clears throat> that uh, seeing the uh, young people, especially our children, emerge to take on the vision and calling, and to carry it to the next level and to participate, I'm so proud of them. Yes, isn't that amazing? And um, so, how old is your daughter? Is she she be in her thirties or forties? Is... She is. 
Early 40s. Early 40s. Early 40s so. No, no, she's late 30s. Late 30s. Is that what she would <laughs> we're, say? We're not that... We're not. <laughs> so far, I'm going to stick with trouble. Sharon. I'm going to yeah, stick with should. Sharon now. <clears throat> On the ages, she knows the ages of all the grandchildren, too. <laughs> Your son is in his 40s. Yeah, that's right. So was it, was it a bit of a mission to bring, a, to bring Jane into the picture, Sharon? Oh, to keep it a secret, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, what's going on? Why are you taking your phone everywhere with you? Like, right, yeah. To the bathroom and things like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, chat, but that's the wonderful thing about uh, you know, the, the internet is that we can keep in touch with people in Peru, you know. And that's, you're saying before, you're talking about um, family being important mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously we're talking about blood family at the moment, but, but there is this sense of... You know, the, the differences, you know, language and looks or background and culture somehow evaporate when you're working side by side, when you're sharing, mm-hmm. I don't know, pain and joy and all of those things. Yes, I think um, Steve for a long time was out travelling on his own and I've brought the feminine side with right. him to the okay. field, the mother figure and the sister figure and... And we're working with people that are working, you know, 24-7, hard stuff, yeah. really emotionally hard, draining stuff. And, you know, I just get to be mum or a sister where we can just sit and talk about anything we want to talk about. So, yeah. you know, there's a there's a responsibility just in that, just, just to be present and listening. Yeah, absolutely. People so. just need to be listened to. And like Liz was saying... Um, they're just so glad you came. Mm. Yeah. You know? And we worry about, are we wasting money, if money. you like, yeah. going? Yeah. Because it could be used somewhere else or... Just to sponsor yeah. 50 kids to go to school for a year or something. Yeah. But just having that connectivity with somebody out there is listening and knows what we're doing and cares mm. because we send out these emails and we send out this and we put stuff on Facebook and mm. is anybody reading it? Is anybody yeah. looking? Yeah. And so that's what I really, that's my passion is to be there for that. I am listening, I am looking, I am responding, and I'm here. No mm. matter what time of the day, just, you know, text me. It's wonderful to mm. just be able to connect that way. Any, any sort of current learnings if you, as you reflect back on um, Myanmar, in your case, Liz, Steve and Sharon on Guatemala this time around? You know, anything that's sort of with you today that you think, man, that, that's a... Um, somehow a, a life changer or a significant thing that I'd want to I'd want to be known and want to want to share. Do you know there are so many <clears throat> uh, things that have changed over the forty years in doing missions. And one of the things that uh, is the biggest change is the, uh, f- for me anyway, is uh, how the internet has changed the world, right. how social media has changed the world, and how our ability to communicate so quickly mm. around the world. I remember back 40 years ago when making a phone call mm. to Guatemala was a huge ordeal, yes. working through the phone system and and who pays for it as a yeah. collect call or whatever. It was a huge ordeal. And sometimes it would take 30 minutes to connect yeah. with somebody yeah. if they had a phone. Yes. And I remember uh, in one uh, state mission station that we had in northwest Guatemala, in a little town called Nebac, we had the only phone 
and the first phone in the community. Right. They're at the hospital, and of course they allowed it. They gave yeah. us the first one because it was a hospital. But now as you travel through these little villages, you see children walking around with smartphones. Of course. And they're communicating with people across the globe. Yeah. And uh, communication is, uh, is seconds yeah. uh, away, and it's free, and it's... Uh, so it's a great tool, isn't it? It's an incredible tool, yeah. and, uh, and really, because of it, you can be involved in missions, stay at home, at your computer, and you can be involved in missions across the globe yeah. uh, without any problem. Yeah, that's an incredible thing, isn't it? Can I come in here and yeah, say yeah. that um, Wycliffe Associates are very aware that there are people in countries where it's so dangerous to do translation and people can't necessarily get in there to help them. Yep. So they've got a translation acceleration kit which hmm. involves a laptop, computer, satellite, communicator, terminal, solar panel, battery for four thousand dollars right and it's it's like uh, they can then set that up in a safe house and people can come exactly what you said steve with their phones yeah. or the flash drive and then they can download yeah. bible yeah and uh, so where people can't get in technology can get in yes it's always interesting for me as a kind of a, a bible mule you know uh, smuggling bibles where i sort of cut my own um, missions teeth and to think I, it, it, it still happens for various reasons, but this technology to be able to take the scriptures, be it on a flash drive or in some other way, is, is an incredible development, even in since um, 2003 when I did my first trip. Mm. Yeah. I'd come back to this idea of community too, yeah. that um, in these masked workshops, people from many different denominations come to uh, translate the Bible. And I was just reading this morning about a place in the Congo where five different tribes are brought together in a workshop. And they had come out of a, a huge conflict of war where there was tribal warfare um, and a lot of atrocities. And so there was this kind of standoff feeling among them, even though they were Christians. And yet because they'd come together for the common purpose of translation, the Holy Spirit was able to break down those differences and bring unity and bring healing. And I, I, we can't underestimate places of conflict where Christians are caught up in these places. And yet, you know, if they have a common goal, they want to see the scriptures brought to their people, they find a way through the grace of God mm. to be able to do that. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Somehow, even in this conversation, the world seems to um, get smaller in a, in, a, in a super positive way. Mm -hmm. um, I just It's perhaps outside um, the, the bounds of our conversation, but just sort of thinking about the, um, the bombings in Sri Lanka and... Um, you know, we're all aware of our own, you know, terror attacks and things like that. But it's the, this world that God loves so much desperately needs an ongoing representation of, of the gospel, of the love of Christ. Yes. Um, and it's not just a, you know, us, us in New Zealand, you know, in our in our Auckland, you know, um, North Shore middle class. Some somehow, there is a an. Uh, an onus on us to represent in whatever way God gives us the opportunity to to represent this great message of good news out to the world and uh, uh, it's inspirational really to talk to you guys sort of as we come to towards the end perhaps of our conversation um, we'd just love to come around to okay well you've been to Guatemala in the case of Sharon and Steve and you've been to Myanmar in the case of Liz 
it's a few weeks later now. Um, you know, right this week we're 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 out working something of faith. Uh, hard question, perhaps, but how, how do you put that? You know, kind of way way in 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 far dis, dif, distant places with whatever you're going to be doing this week. How do you pull those things together? Are there any common threads that you can think of? I'm just going to touch on the community thing again. We're back here in our own community and we're going about our everyday lives. Um, but we're more in touch mm. and in tune with what's going on than ever before. And I think it's important to to remember that. So, yeah, I think that's our everyday lives are important. and But important along with that in our community is also keeping our culture, you know, we, like just going to Guatemala now, trying to get to the point here quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they watch us coming in and they see our stuff on the internet and phones and whatnot, and they're trying to copy mm. everything everybody else is doing because it's yeah. right or better. Mm. Um, and we just want to encourage them also to nurture their cultures, yes. not copy, I mean, be missionaries for your own people. And that's yeah. what's exciting for us too. We're watching missionaries in Guatemala do missions with their own people yeah. in a cultural community sense and that's special to see. Yeah and I think that's what Liz is saying too, mm-hmm. you, you might be the fifth wheel but, but it's because there's a stirring of mm-hmm. people in Myanmar to be translating for themselves mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. which is a fantastic Yeah, thing. Uh, you know, to encourage them to realise that God is able to pour out his spirit everywhere in the world yeah. that um, if you're in a third world country but the west looks gorgeous and you think if I only mm. got there I'd get more of mm. God to actually be able to say look you know the Lord wants to meet you here in yeah. your situation yeah. and give you equip you and give you everything you need here um, you don't need to be looking outward except obviously for encouragement mm. so Liz how do you make sense of you know a couple of weeks in, in Myanmar and February and, and whatever it is that you're going to be doing this week. I'm yeah. trying to find a way yeah. to send some money to an orphanage as wow. this week. So that's this what you have in mind this week? That's, yeah, that's amazing. trying to find out how to do that. Right. Um, and the other thing is that I want more, but I don't know what the more is. Yeah. Um, trying to think you know, how, where I could place myself or where I could be most useful. So oh, yeah. you know, I've been praying about that a lot. Well, that's fantastic. Steve, you know, kind of this week, I guess you're working with your foundation. You're not out on the field as such. But mm. but this thing's got to work in your, I don't know, it's got to work in your marriage and your home and your connection with your neighbours and stuff, doesn't it? I think so. I think that once you uh, have a passion for missions, it's not something you go to do. It's something who you are. Mm. And you try to try to do it in your own community. You try mm. to do it wherever you go and be a missional in our thoughts and in our connects connections wherever we go and whatever we're doing um, with our neighbors with our uh, community just going to the grocery store or wherever yeah. to see needs and and be able to reach out to them mm. well we've been talking about these trips um, two trips that th- the three of you have done we've talked about two organizations in particular there's the foundation for missions Steve do you, in, in a sense we're not doing it to promote either of those organizations but just to tell the story but because there's lots of great missions organizations but if somebody's listening and they want to know more what is your website or what was the best what is the best way of um, making contact 
we have a w- website called foundationformissions.com. Dot com. So foundationformissions.com, dot com. one word, yeah. dot com. That's the best place to get in yeah. touch. Yep. And we have a Facebook page as well. Okay, Fundation, so you can just, Foundation just search missions. it on yeah. Facebook. And we've been talking Wycliffe and Mast, but really I think we're talking Wycliffe, aren't we? As, yeah, as Wycliffe Associates. Wycliffe Associates. And they've okay. got a very comprehensive Google website, and, yeah, yeah, and ways to, uh, lists of things that people could do or partner with them, mm. and, yeah. Thanks for listening to today's Shaw Vineyard Transmission Story. I hope you've enjoyed hearing Steve, Sharon and Liz share their hearts and lives. If you'd like to join us for the next of the Transmission Series, we'd love to see you at one of our services this Sunday, 10 or 5 at 252 Forest Hill Road on the North Shore. And we'll be posting another Transmission Story right here next Thursday, so please tune in again. For more about our church, you'll find pretty much everything you need to know on svc.org.nz. Till next time then, God bless.